They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menzoir. Jumping to the friend, I'm coming back. On a heavy trail, that's full of zombie. I met a strange lady. Hey, she made me nervous. She took me and she gave me breakfast. She said, Take up from land and thunder. Well, women glow and men thunder. Get here, get here, my thunder. You better run, you better take cover. Hey! <laughs> Fine bread from men in Brussels. He was just for poor and full of muscle. I said, You speak my language. Uh, no wait, he smiled. He gave me a bit of my sandwich. He said, I jump from land and thunder. Put me blows and men shut up. Get here, get here, my thunder. Better run, better take cover. Hey! <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> That's for every one of you who've complained that we go too long in the openings. Ugh. You can take that right up your down under. How you like them apples? Welcome. I'm so scared to welcome everybody <laughs> to Thoughts at Rock. We love you. This is the podcast about exchanging two pieces of life-changing advice. I sound like I'm going in slow motion now compared to the intro. Oh, uh, we're going to try and squeeze this into apparently three minutes. <laughs> But it's going to take us third. Oh, we are so excited about today's show. Yeah? <laughs> yes. You know why? Sponsored by Outback Steakhouse. Did <laughs> you get the theme going here? You gotta go. I see where you're heading. You know, uh, I've been to Australia twice. And I've come into a few Bloomin' Onions in my time, if you know what, if you know what I mean. And... Uh, I've been there. And I've asked. I've asked Aussies if they truly have the Outback Special, and they uh, get very angry that uh, Outback Steakhouse has sort of bastardized their culture <laughs> and shrimp on the Barbie. And the, the, the there is no such thing as a blooming onion. No, no, there isn't. I will say this: they've got an awesome loyalty program. <laughs> Obviously, this podcast is a great way to get some free weekly leadership, but, uh, you know, if you want more than that, if you're looking for more than just the free stuff, we have a fully customized experience. You are going to love what we call Thank Certified you. Rockstar. Listen, we have a half day, half day. a full day, full day. a multi-day, and a virtual version of this edutaining culture and leadership training program. We would love to bring it to you. You got to go and check it out at CertifiedRockstar.com. As always. If you like the show, I do. I really do. You got to go give us a rating. I have with a fake email address. That's it. Take your, you know, hotties middle edged man at hotmail.com mm-hmm. and register to give ourselves. I mean, give up. No, give the show. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> Let me be specific. Yes. <laughs> give the show a five star rating because it deserves it. Yeah, it does. And listen, our show supports this awesome nonprofit organization based here in Central Florida, but they're actually international. It's Cannonball Kids Cancer. That's right. You've heard of them before. We talk about it every single show because they're awesome. That's why their fight for finding treatment options for kids is really why we have fallen in love with them. They really help out families who've been told, you know, there's no more options. And so they really give 
I think, hope to the hopeless. And uh, and, and we just think they rock. You got to go and check them out at cannonballkidscancer.org. Yep. And listen, we know how busy you are. I mean, you Super. probably have a lot of things going on in your life and yeah. just trying to step away and, and grow your personal, professional life. We get it. You're mm-hmm. super busy. And honestly, it doesn't even matter what you're doing right not. now. You could be doing two things at once. We're yep. cool with that. Yep. You're listening to the show, but I bet you're doing something like, you know, sitting on a dryer in a laundromat. <laughs> Maybe you're trying to cancel your membership to Columbia House CD Club. No more CDs. Maybe you're cutting out letters for the ransom note. Give me the money. Does not matter to us. We just want to be the three to 30 minutes you've been looking forward to all week. <laughs> boom Let's do this. Our guest today is our great friend, Neen James, Hello. who is an incredible keynote speaker, sales and leadership coach, author, and, and one of our favorite Aussies on the planet. Please, Neen, welcome to Thoughts That Rock. G'day, what a treat to serve your listeners today. Yes, listen, we have waited for this moment. We love you. We love everything about you. And um, this is this is really a special day for us to have you on, on the podcast. So thank you so much for joining. This is some incredible stuff we've got to tell you about Neen sort of straight up front. Just some a couple of cool highlights. You can get her full bio in the uh, show notes, of yep. course. Um, she's a partner in the international education company, Thought Leaders Global. She has written nine Ugh, books. So good. How does that make you feel, Jim? With my one book? Yeah, you know. A little underachiever. Inadequate. <laughs> Very little, little underachiever. Yeah, that's exactly. okay. I get it. Sorry. Uh, her books include uh, Folding Time, and her most recent is Attention Pays, which I have and love. And uh, if you haven't gotten it, you've got to go grab it. She, of course, was named one of the top 30 leadership speakers by Global Guru uh, several years in a row. Uh, you know, Jim, how many have you been? You've been on the list, right? Again, much lower. <laughs> I, I don't want to mention the actual number. Listen, I don't want, I don't, I'm just, all I'm trying to tell you is that she's kind of a big deal. She worked with companies like Viacom and Comcast and Cisco and Virgin and Pfizer and BMW, even the FBI. So I've heard of all of them. Yeah, exactly. You know, we've worked with, you know, <laughs> Bob's liquor store <laughs> <Right>. and <laughs> Joey's tires, Joey's tires, all of them. Um, she considers herself an unofficial champagne taste tester, which, uh, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. She loves her Peloton bike. She loves her coach, uh, JJ, who are familiar in the Peloton world, uh, the former uh, Peloton instructor Jennifer Jacobs uh, goes by J Method for those J of you who are out there. I know that she knows Jean beca- uh, uh, Neen because they go back and forth, of course, on social media a lot of like wishing each other happy birthdays. And I'm like, well, you're, you know, you're deep. You know, you're deep. <laughs> when your Peloton when your instructor <laughs> is like, yeah, I know who you are. Now, I, from what I've heard, Peloton is some sort of a bike. <laughs> Not, not exactly sure. <laughs> you know, I don't. Uh, it's a bike that doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> so that is, it is true, and um, we'll have to we'll have to read up on Peloton, yeah. Jim. <laughs> it's definitely going to go in the show notes. That's exactly right. So listen, we do things a little bit differently here at Neen. You know that um, we like to jump right to sort of the meat and potatoes. So rather than go any further we are going to open the floor to you and ask what is your thought that rocks thoughts that rock number one don't change your voice okay Mm. now this listen you have got 
a famous voice. <laughs> Everybody that knows Neen knows Neen's voice. So I am dying to know the story behind this. So oh, t- yeah. talk to us about that. Well, if you're listening to this, you may think I sound like I'm five. But if you add a zero, you're going to get much closer to my age. Nice. So when I was in my corporate career, I was often, I had chosen careers that were in Australia, not exactly, you know, very dominant in female energy at a senior leadership role. So, uh, by the way, I'm 4'10 and a half, so there's that. <laughs> that I have aspirations of five-foot with stilettos. But when you think about the packaging, and I know people can only hear this, and I would walk into a boardroom, and you can imagine the kind of response that I would yeah. get. And so when I chose to leave my corporate career and become a professional speaker, Every person told me I would need voice coaching. I had to change my voice. Every person, including the president of the National Speakers Association, said to me, you will never make money with that voice. No one will take you seriously. You won't have a career. You have to deepen your voice. Now, you can imagine, like, your voice is your voice. And while you, you both can sing amazing and you know how vocal variety and all those things, It's very much a part of who you are. And the only person who pulled me aside and said, don't change your voice, was a mentor at the time who became a deep friend and later a business partner and one of the top speakers in the world by the name of Matt Church. And it was him who said, you know what? This is authentically you, so don't change your voice. And I think that's a message for all of us is we have to do what's really true to us. You know, one of the things you talk about, uh, Brant, in your book, Black Sheep, is this whole idea of our values and what we hold dear and what really drives us. And that authenticity, Jim, you already alluded to it as well, is that we need to make sure that we are standing in the world in our truest sense, in the best version of ourselves. And so I think the message behind that for me and for other people listening is that you don't change your voice, but be really true to who you are. I love that. First off, I got to say, I have a ton of questions. You know, first, I guess what maybe made you decide from one person like Matt Church, maybe because you respected his voice, his thought, his approach versus maybe all these other people were saying something else. I mean, it certainly would have been difficult, hard, maybe impossible to, you can't see me doing air quotes, but change your voice. You know, but if everybody's telling you that, but you had this one person that said, don't do it, don't change what, what maybe resonated. I'll start with that one first. What resonated enough that you say, I'm going to listen to that one person. I'm going to stick to my guns and be authentically me. My personal philosophy is that people have to earn a right to speak into your life. Mm. So I have been fortunate, you know, I grew up in the church and people would have all of these different parts of wisdom and people constantly having opinions and feeling they could share things with you. And I realized pretty young that people have to earn the right to speak into your life, to give you any form of advice. And so as a teenager, I became super selective of who I allowed that to be. And as an adult, that served me really well. Mm -hmm. And I think you've got to understand where people are coming from. One of the things with Matt was he didn't ever sugarcoat anything with me. He always, we had an agreement. He would be very, very honest, the good, the bad, and the ugly. However, his intention for me was always so good and so pure. And, you know, one of the things we talk about in, in, in Attention Pays is, it's intention that makes attention valuable. And so I think if you can understand people's intention behind it, 
we live in this society now where people feel like they have a right to give feedback. You know, people come up to you after a speech and they'll say, hey, can I give you some feedback? And my response is, no, not today. <laughs> I'm good. Like, <laughs> because people all have opinions and I think we have to be really selective of who we listen to and have they earned the right? Do we respect them? Can they really honor who we are and what our goals are? Because even people who love you deeply may not know what goals you're working towards. They may not know what you're aspiring to become. And even though they might have good intentions, they may not be able to serve where you're at at this point in your career or as you're building your team or your product or service. Mm -hmm. So I, I think for every executive or anyone listening to this, You've got to have those trusted advisors in your life that have a right to speak to you really honestly, but keep them close, keep them informed. And that's what I've done my whole career. Yeah, that's amazing. I, th I think the challenge comes when, listen, especially if you were like, hey, I want to, you know, speaking is where I want to take this next part of my career. And for all intents and purposes, the person who is at the very top of that mountain tells you to change your voice. It's, you know, it's, it, it's hard. It it's is. hard when they, when you feel like maybe they are a door to, to a, uh, an area that you want to enter in your life that you have to sort of go along with what they suggest or what they say. And, and, you know, and being in the music business for so long, you know, it took, it took me, Gosh, I don't know. I, I would say at least a decade before I found my own voice. It, you know, mm. it is it is one where it's interesting. You know, in the in the music world, um, what normally makes people want to pursue a music career is is some other artist who inspired them to a point where they go, that's right. what I want. Right. And it's similar mm -hmm. in the speaking world too. You see someone on stage and you go, that's what I want to do. And, and so when I first started singing, it was like, well, you know, I, I'm a child of the eighties. So for me, it was like, Oh, I, gotta, oh, I love the eighties. I got to yeah. sound like John Bon Jovi. Right. I mean, that's what I got to do. Uh, you know, maybe not the, the, the like repants, but at least, you know, try to get the tone of voice down. And so, you know, you spend so many years sort of paying homage to the people that you love and, and trying to sound like them in some way, shape or form that it takes a long time before you get comfortable enough to let people hear and vulnerable enough to let people hear what you really sound like. Mm -hmm. And one of the, oh, yeah. one of the things that really happened for me was early on in our, in our, um, in my music career, I was uh, connected with Bose um, at a, at a corporate level. And Bose has um, their U S offices anyway, in Massachusetts. And, while I was touring, I got a chance. I bought one of their towers that they uh, was called the L1, and this was this brand new technology. Um, it was a cylindrical radiator speaker, and so it was not in stereo, uh, but the but the dispersion of the sound was 180 degrees. So you really didn't need wow. stereo because the sound was everywhere. Um, well, what was really interesting was they said this is the first time that singers can really hear what they truly sound like because mm. there was no distortion of the voice. Mm. Every other sort of technology distorts your voice a little bit so that you never really hear what you actually sound like. Mm. And, and Bose came out with this product and all of a sudden I'm going, uh, I hear exactly <laughs> what I sound like. And it, and it makes, it makes you readjust. You're like, Oh no, how much reverb can I put on this thing before I, I sound okay? And so, you know, they would say that when they first came out with this product, there was zero reverb. 
you couldn't add reverb. And so hmm. it forced you to get comfortable with your voice. And it took me years of playing through that, that, that uh, speaker system before I was able to go, you know what? I, it's okay. I know it's not going to be for everybody. I know there'll be somebody who comes up afterwards and goes, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't do this for a living. <laughs> um, but, but that's okay. It's okay. And it takes a while, I think, to do that because especially growing up in the church, um, mm -hmm. you get a lot of people who want to do, just encourage you. Oh, they're doing it for the Lord. God yeah. bless them. Right? And, yeah. and, sure. and, and Jim and I have joked many, many times. It's like, you know, Jesus has ears. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not sure. Um, but it's, it's one of those things that when you, when, when you want something so badly and somebody sort of comes and, and tells you that you need to change, I think that what you just said is this, this ability to earn the right, you know, we talk about it um, in sales a lot, right? You, uh, if you're in any sort of sales, you need to earn the right to ask for the business and you, you don't just want to come out and just be like, give me your business. You got to spend some mm -hmm. time and learn about the client and what they want, what their needs are and how you might be able to meet them. And maybe that's not even what you do. Maybe it's, maybe they need something that's not the product that you carry and you have to be honest and vulnerable enough to say, you know what, that's not me, but let me try to help you over here. Um, and so this idea of earning the right, I mean, what, what is it when, when you have had this sort of really, it puts you at a crossroads, right? Because you, you are now, someone is standing in the way of where you want to be mm -hmm. and, and where you are. And they tell you that you need to change direction. <laughs> How do you politely say, you know, I always like to joke that my love language is, is go f yourself, <laughs> <laughs> um, which we can bleep that out yes. later, but that's you know, the idea that that is my love language. And, and so how do you, you know, how do you approach that with someone that you respect, but maybe they haven't earned that right? I think one of the things that I have always uh, been successful at is my mom would call it, you know, kill them with kindness. And when I was in corporate, in, my, in the oil industry in Australia, you got to imagine there's not a lot of chicks in oil in Australia. Um, but when I was in the oil industry, one of my nicknames was the Velvet Bulldozer. And when hmm, I asked my boss about that. I know, and I'm little, remember? So I asked my boss about this, and I was like, why do you all call me the Velvet Bulldozer? And he said, well... I mean, you always get what you want. You go through things, around things, or over things in order to get what you want, but you always do it with a smile on your face and you always leave people with their dignity. Mm. And I think that the words that we use, the tone that we deliver them in, the gestures that support them, and our intention in delivery of those things is what's key to all of that. Yeah. So these people are very entitled to their opinions. They are opinions that have formed based on their experiences. But their experience is not my experience. And I feel like comparison is so evil, you know. It's something that we're, I'm so guilty of it like every other person listening to this. And it's easy to look at other people and think, oh, wow, they're so successful. I'll do it or I'll sing the song like them or I'll dress like them. And for people listening, I want to be really clear it has been more in the last few years of my career that I have 100% been authentically myself because it's just exhausting to try and be anything else. Yeah. And I think we have these frameworks where we think we have to dress like this or look like this or say this or the speech has to have an open three points and a close or whatever stupid thing that we've learned. 
maybe that works for other people, but it doesn't work for you. And so I think if we can all approach this as we're all very much a work in progress, everyone has opinions based on their experience, but that doesn't mean it's right for you at this point in time. And so when you step into that true version of yourself, you don't require the amount of energy that it is if you're trying to compare or contrast yourself with someone else. You don't feel like your successes Uh, are different to other people's they're just yours you know and that's why I think in our business whether it's singing or speaking or whether you're running a large corporation or you are running Joey's Tire Company (laughs) you can't compare yourself to everybody else because nobody's like you nobody has the same goals aspirations values experiences knowledge and while we all talk about you know being true to yourself and being that unique person we have been put on this planet for a unique purpose. We have a calling of something on our lives. It's just part of the discovery to work out, well, what is that? Yeah. Mine happens to be speaking, but it takes a little while before you get that clarity. Yeah. I think, you know, knowing you and knowing, you know, just looking at the thought when you say don't change your voice, I knew it wasn't going to obviously be just about your your speaking career. Obviously, you go beyond that. Everybody can learn something that are listening from the show. And and I think one of the questions, because you're alluding to it now about being true to yourself, being authentic, um, using your voice in, in whatever capacity you've got talent. Um, you know, one of my questions might be, what is the learning for somebody who actually does have a unique sounding voice, whether they want to go into speaking or not. um, You you freely admit there's probably some obstacles, whether it was the country, your height, your voice, you know, how, how do you, how do you give people some advice to say, you've got this unique voice. How can they get past that and use it to their advantage? Oh, I would leverage it a thousand percent leverage it. I mean, look, nobody sounds like me in this business. So that's, Perfect. And if someone could just design a cartoon character to me and I could like do that as a voiceover, that would be fantastic. I'll be so happy. But I often have audience members who say like they might have a beautiful accent or they're not from the country that I'm speaking in. Uh, And so I often say to them, I want you to leverage that. I want you to really embrace the diversity that you have because that's how you stand out in a crowded marketplace. Mm -hmm. Being little, sounding like I'm five, but really being 50. (laughs) These are things that makes it easy for me to be memorable. And when you think about the business that I'm in, my body of work is around productivity and attention yeah so for me i'm constantly a student of attention what is getting attention what is good attention what is bad attention what kind of attention can i get for my clients for their brands what kind of attention do leaders need what kind of attention do leaders need to pay to their teams to their clients to their colleagues and so when i think about voice voice is just one way of getting attention so yeah. if you have a unique voice then i would say really leverage that and Don't be embarrassed about that. You know, make fun of it like I do if you have that confidence. Like, make it a conversation point. If you've ever seen me keynote people who are listening to this, I would suggest that within the first two minutes, I will reference my height, my accent, and the pitch of my voice. It'll be done. I'll deal with it. We'll all laugh together. I'll tell the audience, you know what? I get it. I actually sound funny. Oh, I know. Hilarious. Now let's move on. And then we get into business. And so I think you've got to sometimes acknowledge the so-called elephant in the room. Not that I'm calling myself an elephant, for the record. (laughs) But what you want to think about is if there's something about you that is unique, your hair, your accent, your body, maybe you broke your arm, whatever it is, the audience will make up what they don't know. So what you want to do is give them the information 
let them know you're in it together. Whether you're doing a presentation or you're facilitating a meeting or maybe you're speaking somewhere, but just acknowledge it and then move on. Because you know what? People have said to me, hundreds and thousands of people have said to me, yeah, your voice really shocked me when you first came out, but then I forgot all about it because yeah, yeah. you have a responsibility, whatever your role, whether you're leading a meeting or whether you are leading a team call or a Zoom call, or maybe you're just one-on-one with one of your team members. You have a responsibility to acknowledge things right up front so you can get down to business. Yeah, you you eight mile them straight from yeah. straight from the get go. Yeah, yep. just like Eminem comes out and says, "Here, here's all here's all the things that I know you're you're going to say about me. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to say them before you even have to deal with them." Yeah. That, that's amazing. And then you get to the substance. That's yeah. exactly right. It's awesome. Yeah, and quickly. That's the thing. Like yes. the quicker you can get to what's really the benefit of them giving you the gift of their attention at that point in time, and that's for every one of us whether it is the people that we share our lives with or the people that we serve in our team or the customers that we serve, the clients, the patients, the members, we have to understand what is the benefit of them giving you their attention because their attention is this important gift that they're giving you. And if you want their undivided attention, you better have something substantial worth listening to. No doubt. Well, I'm going to tell you that the name of my next band is going to be Velvet Bulldozer. <laughs> Velvet Bulldozer. I'm just telling you flat right now. I just bought that on GoDaddy.com. I am going to actually, I can see the merch. We're going to have paintings, vel- like 70s Velvet Bulldozers hanging in people's rooms everywhere. And I've started working on the cartoon character for Neen. So right? we're going to, we are going to clean up. When I first heard Neen. Oh my I mean, gosh! I get told every other day, you should do voiceover work, and I'm like, create a character for me, and I will. But you really should. Not. You need to be, be another. So you need to be another Powerpuff Girl. That's what it is. Oh, that is goodness. literally when I heard yes. first heard your voice. I'm like, she's a Powerpuff Girl. She could yeah. be the Aussie you know, Powerpuff Girl. Yes. I tell you, let's they make need it happen. An international component. That's yeah. right. It actually reminds me of uh, Gal Gadot, you know, who was cast as Wonder Woman. I'm a huge comic book guy, but you know, I I remember when she got cast. It's sort of the same sort of mindset. She, this this girl was an Israeli actress. Mm-hmm whose first language is Hebrew. And so when she speaks in English, mm-hmm. she actually has an Israeli Hebrew accent. And so mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, when people are reading the comic book, they come up with whatever accent or sound she might actually sound like. But I think people in general would not think that it would sound like Gal Gadot. And I think she had this choice of, do I change my voice? Do I work with a voice coach? And mm. it took, I think, the director, Patty Jenkins, is probably like your Matt Church, right? She said... Mm-hmm. Listen, we're going to stick to this. And in yeah. fact, we will make the all women mythical island, this place called Themyscira. They're all going to speak like you. And instead of changing mm. her voice, they wound up using that as a strength to, I think, help define an entire civilization. So, I so mean, you're, cool. you're sort of, you're, you're wrapping yourself around this same mindset that instead of moving and conforming, like so many others said, it took this one mentor to maybe go, oh, I can do it differently and be myself. And look, look how many people you impact and influence now versus what yeah. would it have been like? What what right. alternate universe, mm-hmm. if you were to have changed, would you be as impactful as you are now? I'm, I'm not so sure. Think about shows like I was and still am a huge fan of Will and Grace. Now, mm-hmm. does anyone remember Will? No. Grace? No. Who do they remember? <laughs> 
cat. Yes. yes. And Jack. And yes. Because they are unique, right? And this is the thing. There's four main characters in that show. But the headliners, no, they're not the most memorable. No offense to those actors. Yes. However, when you think about the things that stand out, the things that leave an impression on us, the ways to be memorable, those people are absolutely 1,000% true to themselves. Yeah. Yep. That's what people remember. Yep, I agree. Well, this probably fits in perfectly with uh, – what are you staring at, Brant? He's I'm, thinking about something. He's got a point on I'm his mind before of, we go to the second thought. I'm thinking of Gal Gadot. <laughs> You're thinking of Gal Gadot? Wow. We, I'm sure he listened to some of what you just said, Neem, but he totally took a step back. She backwards. could have been speaking some Slavic unknown language, and I would have been like, you're speaking right to my heart, baby. I'm telling you right oh, now. I was looking for the perfect transition, oh. and you were you were on Themyscira. You were on the island with a whole bunch of Amazons. I get it. Yes. I understand. Yes. Brant, what is our thought this week? So our thought this week... Our thought this week comes from uh, this guy named William Shakespeare. I don't know if you know him or not, Jim. Bill. Bill. Uh, he says this, uh, and this is, uh, it says, Thoughts that rock number two. I'll speak in a monstrous little voice. And I picked this specifically for Neen. Um, mm-hmm. and, and part of this, so this comes from A Midsummer Night's Dream. For those of you who are unfamiliar with uh, this particular Shakespeare play, uh, this is where the actor Nick Bottom is boasting how he can perform sort of every part in the play that they are putting on. Uh, even if the part, uh, even this part of, of the beautiful Thisbe, which is where this comes from, he's going to hide his beard. He's going to speak in a higher, squeakier right. voice uh, as what it actually as how he describes it. And it's just an absurd boast by an overconfident actor. And this whole idea of a monstrous little voice is a bit of an oxymoron. But I would say that at times I would argue that speaking in a confident, quiet, clear, authentic voice um, could actually be described as a monstrous mm-hmm. little voice. And and the interesting part is when you try to do it and it's not you, that sort of inauthentic brand that you were trying to put out there can be smelled a mile away. And, you know, what I love about Neen is like, she just owned it. Mm-hmm. She didn't, I, honestly, Neen, I would love to hear you try to speak in a lower voice because I think that would be... <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Nobody needs to hear that. But I think what's really what's important about your point too, though, is those, these people who say they can do everything. Yes. You know, you have te- people have team members who are like, I can do that. Yes. Speakers who are like, I can speak on teamwork. I can speak on patience. I can speak yes. on productivity. Like they, but the challenge is these chameleons that they're trying to be blend in and don't stand out. Oh, see, that's why Neen gets the big bucks mm-hmm. right there. That's right. You know, I, I think you're right. It's something that. Um, it reminds me of this. What's the Saturday Night Live skit? Remember with uh, Kristen Wiig? And anytime anyone would say anything, she'd go, oh, yeah, I, I, I can do that. Uh, I, yeah. I've done that. I, I've done that. I did that better. I had this one time. Right? Always one-upping whatever, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that's true, though. See, the idea of this is this monstrous little voice is – you don't need to be loud. I mean, I think some of us, especially the the sort of type A personalities have a tendency to be just generally loud. Um, but it doesn't need to be that mm. you, know, you don't have to speak like Morgan Freeman to, to get people's attention. Oh, right. That, but that would be cool. Oh, it would be so gosh, that, cool. 
right? That would be so cool. We have in our business a gentleman by the name of Scott McCain that you both know, uh, and I'm yeah. sure your listeners are familiar with his work around distinction. Yes. But he and I always joke, like, his voice is so sexy to me, and one day we're going to do something together on stage because I'm that his exact be awesome. opposite. It would be so fun. Right? You guys mentioned uh, Peloton in the opening comments, yeah. and they're one of the key studies in my book for intentional attention because when you think about John Foley, who's the CEO, the founder of this, he had this idea, you know, he did, couldn't get to the gym, wanted to work out, created a product, and he just started this idea with a small community, with a small group of people, with small instructors, that small, tight community. And then they got it right that the people within the community became the voice of the product. So the thing with Peloton, it's literally a bike that goes nowhere. The yeah. power in the product <laughs> is how the voice is being magnified by the community. That's the right. instructors are but one person, but then they get this wonderful following they use their voice to attract people and there's a different kind of voice it has a beautifully diverse set of instructors it has a phenomenally diverse offering now but when i got my peloton it was just peloton yeah. now it's like boxing and yoga and meditation and running and all kinds of crazy stuff but i think sometimes we have these ideas as executives or maybe you're in the hospitality and you have this fantastic idea for your property or for your business and you think oh i don't know if i should speak up about this you need to speak up because that one little idea, your one little voice can be magnified if it's surrounded by the right kind of people. So I think that all of the successful businesses and case studies that I looked at for my book, they often started as one thought, one small voice, one individual, but yet were magnified once they were truly doing what they were meant to do in the world. That's actually uh, one of the big questions that I get when I'm out on the road. A lot of the stuff that I might be speaking uh, about is a little bit more on the training and HR side at times. And if it's, let's say, an entry-level employee or brand-new managers or even middle managers, a lot of times they'll say, listen, I hear what you're saying. How can I affect a company's culture? Like, I don't have any direct mm. reports. I'm not in control. And I go, you absolutely can. I, I really do believe that a single person with a voice can start a revolution. And, you mm -hmm. know, that's how countries are overthrown. That's how philanthropic movements occur. That's how you do help change the culture. And I, I guess it reminded me when I was at Hard Rock, I was there mean, about 21 years and we, we had a great director of operations. His name was Ken Hoffman. And, you know, we'd be in meetings or out on the road. And I just remember, especially in, you know, you were mentioning hospitality, but in Hard Rock in general, it is super, super fast paced. And so mm. imagine what these meetings are like. Well, Ken, to me, was the quietest out of everybody. He would just sort of mm. take it all in, wouldn't say a lot. And every once in a while, either there was a, a, a long gap in the conversation or people would throw a question over to him and say, what do you think, Ken? And mm. he was so... It was a little bit of some humility. He was humble about it, but he was also very quiet. Like, you almost had to listen. It was almost like Shy Ronnie on Saturday Night Live. Shy <laughs> Ronnie. But it was so, you know, I, I give this guy a lot of credit. You know, he didn't say a lot, but when he did, it was very profound. It was a, He was a great leader, I, I think, in that particular role. And honestly, I think he spoke volumes with his monstrous little voice. And I guess my question might be, and you were sort of alluding to this, how can you take that same attitude the same mentality in today's loud fast-paced environment like how do you how, you know the, the three of us are on stage we're trying to get recognized we're trying to make a point we're probably a little bit louder i definitely amp it up when i'm on stage but you know how do you take a very quiet subtle 
you know, uh, a confident, but, but it could be laid back type of a leadership voice and it still resonate with other people where you can impact and influence them. I guess that's my question. Whenever I'm coaching CEOs or, you know, senior leadership teams or anyone, whether I'm running a women in leadership program for some of my manufacturing or media clients, I always advise my audience to, this is something that I've always done. And something that I always suggest people do, and that is you walk into the room and assume everyone wants to play with you. Yeah, yeah. So what that does is if you make an assumption you deserve to be there, if you make an assumption you're going to add value, if you make an assumption you have something to contribute, if you make an assumption people want to play with you, they will. Because suddenly you'll show up with a quiet confidence or a loud confidence, whatever is true to you. But what that does is you walk in a little taller, you sit a little straighter, you contribute more generously. So if every person listening to this walked into every situation assuming they belonged, yeah, it means they'd show up differently. And then when called upon or when invited, they could contribute. I always suggest to, to the executive teams that I work with is that we always need to have a question. Every town hall, every team meeting, there's always an opportunity, especially given an opportunity to be in front of leadership. If you really want to think about how can I add value to that room of people is have a question, but have a future oriented question, something that is going to help position you strategically, Hmm. but also help the benefit of the room, not a tactical question that only you benefit from the answer from. So use your voice in a way that serves everyone in the room. So if you're going to ask a question, ask a question that everyone would benefit from. If you're going to make a suggestion, think about how do we all benefit from that? So there's ways to use our voice in quiet confidence or in loud confidence, yep. but it, it starts with the way you enter a room because people watch and you don't always know as a leader and you don't always realize the impact you have in the way you move through the office or on those conference calls that people are always watching you. So the way to direct the attention in the most positive is to enter a space with confidence. You don't have to be aggressive, but be assertive. Yeah, if you have yeah. something valuable to say, speak up. If you don't have anything to add to the conversation, shut up. It's really simple, right? I'm not sure if Neen understands our format. We ask her for one thought. She gives us like five. It's too much goodness, too much leadership. So I've got to tell you, this, so this is what I love too. This idea beyond everything that Neen just said, you know, as somebody who I would say for myself, you know, maybe has take out the little and it's just a monstrous voice. <laughs> we have a tendency to speak over people. We have a tendency to get passionate. We have a tendency to, to, to just get louder as we get passionate. Especially with your co-host, but that's fine. That's true. Um, but the idea of surrounding yourself with maybe a few people who have these monstrous little voices mm-hmm. um, is really appealing to me. Now, I know, Jim, you're working uh, with Kendra Ward right now. Who, mm-hmm. uh, Kendra was also my editor for, for Black Sheep with Page Two. Kendra is someone who I would say has a monstrous little voice. Yep. Great, she great is analogy. so calm. She is so soothing. There is nothing that riles her. And sometimes, you know, you find yourself in an environment that if you've got a couple people in the room who are equally passionate about things and have a tendency to get loud, sometimes that can get volatile. And, you know, sometimes some great innovation comes from that volatility, um, but it's never sustainable. It's never sustainable. And you end up 
in some dangerous situations of having everything you've worked so hard sort of crumble before you. But when you surround yourself with some key strategic people who have these monstrous little voices, um, they can speak some wisdom into you in a way that at least for me would, would make me pause and listen Mm -hmm. as opposed to just engage in the emotional struggle that was going on between me and whoever else was trying to talk louder than me or get their point across better than me. It was one of those things that in the writing process, gosh, I just loved my meetings with her because Mm. I knew if she challenged me in anything, she would do it in this monstrous little voice Mm -hmm. that would never (laughs) make me mad. It would never make me upset. It would always come from a, a, as what you yeah, just sort of place said. Of love. Yeah. It, it sort of comes, it's the intention, right? And I knew her intention. I knew what she was really, we both wanted the same thing. And so it made me change how I listened. And, and I wish I could say that that's the experience I have with everybody, but it only, Maybe. Came. yeah, that's no, okay. Go ahead. One of the suggestions I would make to listeners is go back to Thames and Webster's edition where she talks about, in the episode, she talks about this philosophy she has, that everyone is smart, capable, and good. Mm. And I loved her episode on um, Thoughts That Rock. And one of the things that I love about Thames, and if if people are not familiar with her body of work, is her red thread process is phenomenal. But she as a human is phenomenal. And so I think we need people in our life that also balance the energy we have. So, for example, If you're listening to this and you tend to be more on the introverted, maybe more task-oriented type person, maybe find your opposite, someone who is extroverted and really people-oriented because I think it's really neat if we surround ourselves with people, to Tamsin's point, who are smart, capable, and good. But I would add to that people who are different to us. I have this group of girls. We call ourselves the She-Noters. There's four of us. (laughs) Every one of us loves keynoting. We're very different in our style. We've done work with clients together. We uh, refer each other constantly. But these women are exceptional at what they do, and we balance each other out. Right. And so I think that it's about surrounding yourself with people who also complement who you are, but are also different to who you are. And I believe in having accountability partners. Tamsin is my accountability partner. So being able to declare to her every Monday, here's what I'm going to get done this week, personally and professionally. Here's how I'm going to move my business forward. And then every Friday, I send her an update. Here's how I did. Now, Sometimes Thursday night, I'm scrambling to get things done. Let's be very clear, right? (laughs) But that accountability is by speaking out, here's what I say I'm going to do. And because I believe public accountability drives private accountability. Mm. So when you declare and you speak up and say, this is what I want to achieve, this is what I'm going to do, and someone else will be willing to hold you accountable to that, that's really powerful if you want to advance your goals. And so regardless of what kind of position you have, whether you're an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, solopreneur, whatever kind of preneur you are, um, I think having people around you who can also help you to advance those goals, but you have to have the courage to speak up and say what you want to do in the world. Yeah. So I just, she just gave another nugget. Another. It's, like, it's ridiculous. It's a gold rush. Um, Truth bombs everywhere. She just... So, Neen, I love this. I'm stealing this from you, but I'm going to attribute it to you always. Uh, This idea of public accountability drives private accountability. So that is the reason 
in the book, uh, in my book, that we talk about leading with your black sheep values, and you have mm. to you have to let people see them because that public accountability of here are the things that matter most to me helps you use those same things to stay committed in your in your private time to say you know I need to lose that weight, I want to get up and walk, I want to work yeah. out, I want to eat better, I want to do all those things. If we don't profess that these are our black sheep values to the people that we love and adore, and even to mm-hmm. the strangers, it it, yeah. it really makes it easy for us to make excuses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Show me your calendar or show me the your home screen on your iPhone. I'll tell you what you're being accountable for. Yeah, like, <laughs> yes. What it, however True. you are choosing to invest your time and attention, that shows me what you value. It shows me what you're being held accountable for. And so I feel like that there's this great guy that would be phenomenal in your show called Clay Bear, and he has this program called The Perfect Calendar. And it's this, well, you guys know Clay. Sure. Um, but what's really cool is I love the way that he has one of the most beautiful minds I know, smarty pants. But he, he talks about this concept of the calendars and the lives we design. And so I think whatever we want to be held accountable for, you talk about it in Black Sheep. Yep. We have to tell the world, this is this is what I stand for. This is what I'm willing to be held accountable for. And we often know that when things aren't aligned, when we say yes to an invitation, we don't really want to go. We say yes to a speech is not an audience that really fits us. It shows up. And so people can see through that. Tamsin talks about it with Red Thread. Yeah. So I would encourage people when you're listening to this, it doesn't mean you have to say no to everything. It doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything. And depending on where you are in your career will determine what you can and can't say yes and no to. But for, you know, people who have uh, established themselves in their career, they've earned the right to be more selective with the team that they recruit, the projects that they agree to, the customers that they serve. And I think as a speaker, what I've loved about becoming a little old lady is I can choose. You know, I can choose the audiences that really work for me. I can very quickly tell a client I'm not a fit but I can 100% refer someone who will be. And then I look like a hero anyway because my friend's never going to let me down if I referred them. They're going to shine for the client that I refer them to and the client's going to see me as a trusted resource. So we have to really step into what we're really good at rather than water down everything so that people don't get the best version of you. And that goes right back to your thought. You know, it's almost a, the combo of the two, you know, don't change your voice and whether that's literally or, or just looking at it, you know, speak up, be yourself, be true, be authentic. But then the second part, Brandon, you talked about that Shakespeare talks about, you know, speak whatever your voice is in the monstrous little voice. And you can take that mm. anyway. We've talked through that. What I love is sort of the combo between you, Neen, and Brandt, that Brandt in your book, and you talk a lot about deliberate intention. Mm-hmm. And I think, Neen, you earlier said intention drives attention or at least commands mm-hmm. attention. So regardless whether you're one of these people like we do, the three of us, we're out there where we probably are a little bit louder than your average bear. You know, we're pounding on our chest and there's some attention stuff that goes with that. But just because you're not like that doesn't mean you don't have a great loud voice and, and a voice that people could listen to. Um, I, I just think, you know, the, the stuff that you're doing is fantastic. And Brant and I talk about this all the time. We were so happy that you said, yeah, you were able to come on the show. And if I don't get a she or t-shirt of the tour, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> I want all the tour dates. I want to, I want to hear the album. I want the first single. The she noters is going to happen. Velvet bulldozer by the she noters. That's it. Boom. There you go. I'm definitely going to connect you guys. So you're 
your listeners can benefit from hearing from them as well. Yes, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. Well, we're so thrilled that you're here. Where um, where can people stay connected to you, Neen, or, or get more information on the things that you do? Well, fortunately for me, there's only one Neen James online. So yes. if you Google me, you'll find me. And if you really want to see my adventures, come across to Instagram. And if you want to stay connected to me, I'd love to do that. You can absolutely subscribe. Occasionally, we pop a love note into the inboxes of people. So I'd love that to be the case for your listeners as well. Oh, so so cool. just neenjames.com. And I will tell you, Neen's Instagram is a great follow, especially if you want to feel bad about yourself for not working out. <laughs> Or drinking, yeah. or drinking yeah. her matcha tea, or wherever Champagne. else. I'm like, shit, I got nothing going here right now. I'm like, literally got a friggin' rib in my mouth, and I am watching her be healthy and work out. It is, it is so fun. But listen, she is a new Floridian. She yes. just moved here, We're so, so happy we are gonna welcome her with open arms to our state of florida man where one of the best things we ever know that is it and we are thrilled that you have actually improved the culture of this state yeah you have <laughs> thank you for that i keep bringing yes. all my friends you'll notice more and more speakers moving to florida yes. I just keep recruiting people that's right that's right but listen thank you for everything you are a total rock star we love you and can't wait to just continue to follow you on your journey as you continue to change lives so thank you to be uh, a part of thoughts that rock Mm, thank you for the privilege of serving your listeners. This was a treat. It was. Thank awesome. you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Neat. Rock on. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. Yeah, and if you're interested in having Brant or me or both of us speak at your event, whether as a webinar for a virtual event or in person as a conference keynote, Contact us directly at thoughtsthatrock.com. Until next time, rock rock on. on!